After 10,000 years, I'm free! Is that a vampire? I think that was kind of a vampire. An evil witch that lives on the moon. Okay, that works. That works too. That's right. We're a Riverdale recap podcast here after a one, two, three, four, nearly five month (laughs) break. It's been so long. To talk about chapter 87, Strange Bedfellows, by Aaron Allen, directed by Tessa Blake. We didn't even have COVID vaccines yet at that point. Not in us. March Not 31st. Us. I think some people. I meant like us. No. Personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But we're here and it's good. It's good to be back. <laughs> people will know. That I'm not much for an average Riverdale episode. I want something that that is new, that is exciting, but but that I sing a different tune after long breaks. I love just a comforting. Yep, that's what it is, and I we we got one of those. Yeah, yeah. So um, this this return, this episode starts with Archie and Kevin and Weatherby and Alice walking through the remains of Riverdale High. After, if you remember, all the prisoners from Hiram Lodge's prison destroyed it. Yeah, it turns out the best vandals are hardened murderers. They're always saying this. And it turns out it's really good Archie has 12 jobs because they're hiring <laughs> him to fix the school as well as teach and do construction elsewhere and run his fire department. <laughs> and uh... the boxing has finally taken a back seat. Yep. He also has an EP coming out on Spotify. Uh, check it out. While they're doing this, Alice is like, well, I guess it's back to remote learning. This is what it takes? This is what... How- <laughs> Where's my question? I guess is when were they doing remote learning? As far as we know, that wasn't a thing for them. <laughs> uh, in the seven years that 2020 took uh, in Riverdale. Yeah. One of those years was the COVID twenty twenty. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. What year did we figure out this show? This this is set in now. Which episode? This now. It's always now. Now is it's now. It's always now. Now is now. Now is now. So spaceballs, third base. Did did COVID happen for them yeah, during twenty twenty? Which was when? Twenty twenty. <laughs> Um, so meanwhile, uh, Veronica comes home to the welcome party of Smithers. <laughs> and that dude is a party. He's, he's a one-man party. I'm always saying it. And he really wants to tell Veronica something, but all she wants to do is see her opal. Yeah. The opal that has arrived from Ethiopia, and <laughs> it is giant. Now, now, darling, you haven't seen Uncut Gems. That's like a reference to like something, right? A film called Uncut Gems. I was going to say yes. that's a movie, right? Yeah. No. <laughs> well, don't worry. After tonight's episode, you've seen roughly one third of Uncut Gems. Really? Yes. Amazing. <laughs> um, so after she gets a good look at it and is all like, oh, this will pay off all my debts that like Chad wrapped up, mm-hmm. you know, racked I up. Mean, it's a huge uncut opal. It's like a, a like matrix cut from the rock wall, the size of a softball, basically. Yeah. It's yeah. huge. And it comes in this little wooden crate with like or some sort of like natural fiber packing material and like little 
uh, uh, nails holding the slats yeah. of the tiny crate well, together, and, and it's covered in like custom stickers. There's the, my my issue whenever things are like wrapped up on TV. The only time it's ever been done well, where it's a crate and like mm-hmm. hay and stuff, was a Christmas story. Yeah, because he had to dig for that lamp. <laughs> Everything else, it's always set right on top. And I'm like, who the fuck packaged that? Mm-hmm. That's not safe. That thing's going to break. Well, uh, I mean, this is Ethiopian, not Italian. It's a completely different packing culture. For, for Julie. <laughs> so finally, uh, Smithers is able to pass on the information he wanted to give to Veronica, informing her of the prison escape <laughs> and that the town was hit really hard. Most of all, the high school. You know and, your job? <laughs> and I'm just over here like... How the fuck did you not hear about an explosion at the prison where, like, hundreds of people got out and raided the town? Like, did none of your friends at least text you? Because you were arguing, oh, there's no news outside of Riverdale. No one thought to text this girl. Have you seen Riverdale before? They don't talk. They very rarely talk to each other. Someone should have put this on Snapchat. Come on. <laughs> and she's just shocked. She she had no idea. Absolutely none. And I'm like, also, also, where is the Pembroke located in Riverdale? Did she not pass any of the destruction that has been added to the town over the weekend? Yeah, but it looked like that two weeks ago, too. Like. <laughs> It looks worse. The buses don't stop anymore. Part of the town is permanently on fire. There are things that are worse than they were before. Okay, here, okay. If anything else, why did Smithers not text her? And be like, Veronica, darling, do not come back to town. I think of you like my daughter and I'm worried about you. Smithers is an old-fashioned man. You know, he believes in the face-to-face, the personal touch. Smithers doesn't text. Send a carrier pigeon, my man. (laughs) What the fuck? So then Veronica's like, oh, man, let me go see Archie. And she's like, hey, sorry I spent time with my husband who's not my ex-husband yet. Kind of threw me a curveball there. (laughs) Heard the town was destroyed. And he's like, oh, you're still married? Cool. We're not smooching. The end. And he's like, we should just be friends. And he's like, and you know, I'm I'm gonna be busy too. Uh, I'm helping Tom round up the convicts. Yeah, Archie has decided to be a volunteer bounty hunter, and I love that for him. Gonna be busy rounding up people. Too busy for sex. I'm man hunting, not woman hunting. I'm on the prowl, but for dudes, but not in that way. <laughs> oh, Archie. I love that, like, the line that convinced him, oh, I'm not putting my dick in that for another few months at least, is, but for legal reasons, it's better you don't know the details. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna be busy with my convicts anyways. I don't need you. <laughs> if that's the case, you don't get to see my sexy tattoos. Goodbye. Farewell. Meanwhile, Penelope. Mm-hmm. Who, if you remember, escaped from prison. Yes, gleefully. Comes in very ceremoniously. Yes. To, to, to her home. To her home, to Cheryl and Nana. Three generations united at last. And says, Good morning, sisters. Which Not is your an, sisters, your mother and your daughter. Very different relationship. And then explains how she has started her own ministry. 
Yeah, yeah. She started a church inside the prison, and now she believes that it is her her duty, her responsibility, her her calling to to spread that beyond the prison walls to to all all the world. So they're gonna use you know the chapel that exists in their home mm-hmm. to uh, have two services a day. Two services a week is enough for me, uh, but I guess I wasn't the one getting paid. My dad was. So, <laughs> so Cheryl's like, well, Mumsy, shouldn't you be hiding in the walls in case the popo come? <laughs> Cheryl, don't say popo. Don't don't say popo. Penelope's like, well, you know, I was up for early parole. That doesn't mean you get to walk out. <laughs> Your early parole possibility went out the fucking window when you went out the fucking window, lady. <laughs> You do not get parole now. Just because they were considering it doesn't mean you get to just do it. You know all five uh, uh, Best Actor nominees get an Oscar, right? That's how it works, right? They're up for it. They get it. And then she goes on about how God is on their side. And when, you know, she starts this church, God will provide Mm -hmm. money. Mm -hmm. Money. She's talking about money. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, meanwhile, Betty is sitting in a truck. Brought to you by Smart Food White Cheddar Popcorn. It's good fucking popcorn. We have not had clear product placement like this since CoverGirl Season 1. Uh-uh. uh, The Doritos. That's Did you true. forget about the Doritos? <laughs> this is way more prominent than the Doritos. But the Doritos. Hiram's like, I mean, my Doritos. It was very much that. So yeah, she she's there. She's got her her popcorn. She's got what looks to be Jughead's old jacket, mm-hmm. and and she's spying on other truckers from her truck. But then she gets interrupted by a call from Tabitha. Jughead's missing, and Betty says, "Don't sweat it. It's fine." He does that sometimes. Quote: Jughead's been known to go off the grid. Yeah, like the time he faked his own death and you hit him in a hole for three months. Yeah, yeah. Or that he, like, ran away with his best friend to, like, save him. <laughs> oh, yeah, their farm adventure. Yeah. Yeah. But Tabitha's not having that, so she eventually gets Betty to agree to stop by tomorrow to mm-hmm. see if he's come back or not. And this makes Tabitha feel a lot better. She's very visibly relieved. Because someone's stopping by. Tomorrow. To see if the situation's still the same. She just wants somebody to listen. <laughs> Somebody to validate her concerns. I guess, because Jughead's like her only friend. Yeah, she's new in town. (laughs) But then like as soon as she hangs up the phone with Betty, she gets robbed or attempted robbery by a gunman. But then Penelope comes in and distracts the gunman and Tabitha smacks him over their head with a coffee mug. Yes. Yeah. That never comes up again at all. No. That's nothing. This this was, I totally thought, going to be one of those moments where, like, Penelope's going to be like, oh, man, that was a divine act of God putting Mm -hmm. me in that place at the right time. Is this the guy that's in the hospital bed in the later scene? Yes. Okay. Okay. It comes back a little bit. He comes back. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he is one of the escaped convicts. It's just the whole Penelope thing. They, like, very zoom in on her, and I thought she was going to be something yeah, with this. Yeah, it's not but... significant at all that it's Penelope or that it's Tabitha. We just have to explain how one of these convicts got got. It, it could have been anything. It could have been anyone, because it was literally he turned at the <laughs> bell ringing on the door. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so he is one of the convicts that got away, and then the next scene, it's Tom 
and Archie. For some reason, it's Archie. <laughs> at the hospital, and they're like talking to him, and they're trying to get information out of him, and he's like, well, give me drugs and a lawyer, and then I'll talk. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're, they're trying to get this guy to say, hey, do you happen to have any names of the other guys you escaped the crumbling uh, uh, walls with? Yeah. And he says, no, I want my lawyer and more pain pills. I got fucked up real good. By a coffee mug that hit my head. I mean, Grant, that would hurt. Yes. But I kind of feel like he looks more beat up than he should. Maybe from- he really likes pain pills. So meanwhile, Veronica is showing off the opal to her buyer. Who might be an unusually short basketball player because, again, this is a scene straight out of Uncut Gems. 100%. And then two people come in to rob her and you know who it is? Dodger and Darla Dickinson. The ghosts of Thanksgiving past. what I love is that Veronica says, wait, you're the psychos from Thanksgiving seven years ago. And not, wait, I stabbed your brother through the hand with a serving fork? Or was that one of you? It's been seven years. I'm so sorry. Didn't he die? Yeah, one of you died. And so they smash up and uh, grab some things, including the opal, but they leave like a shit ton of stuff. They grab the opal and everything else they can carry. They are but only two people. They have a bag. They do not (laughs) fill up that bag. I am sorry. That was... A shit job. And then we cut to our surprisingly oh, wait. Oh, early wait. titles. Oh, wait. Be right before we do that, they zoom in on Veronica and she's like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> and you know what? I am asking that myself. Often. Because they stole, like, not much. They stole a fantastically valuable opal. Literally behind her is a wall of, like, royalty necklaces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That they didn't touch. I'm just saying, they could have done a little better. So yeah, this is one of the fastest times we've ever gotten to the uh, title card. And it's taken us this long to talk about it. We're back, baby. Let's go. Oh, yeah. Then uh, Hiram and Governor Dooley have a press conference where Mm -hmm. they're like, we're going to offer a reward for the capture of these convicts. Kevin, Fangs, Archie, and I don't remember who's here right now. But basically, they're like, huh, so he got the prisoners out, and now he's offering money to get them back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Archie's like, great, I'm going to go after them. <laughs> I love this press conference because, one, we, we may infer it is the solution to the problem you had at the beginning. Since this is all a setup, the plan was to uh, suppress the news until... They could get ahead of it and do this this uh, uh, big statement. Mm-hmm. And two, the fact that Governor Dooley introduces Hiram Lodge as, quote, local philanthropist and not local fucking mayor. Yes. <laughs> like, he's just a guy that happens to live in town. It's not his responsibility or anything. We're not going to mention he owns the prison. He's just a philanthropist. Yeah. So then we're off screen at the press conference mm-hmm. and uh, governor is like blowing up the prison was not part of the plan. Mm-hmm. What the fuck, dude? <laughs> uh, and Hiram, of course, threatens him. Because yes. There's lots of dangerous criminals out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. you know what hey, I mean? Maybe it wasn't part of your plan. I'm not I can neither confirm nor deny. Mm-mm-mm. 
this is a good Hiram episode. This is one of the Hiram episodes where like, I get it. Yes. Yes. He's very confident. He's strong. He's making good plays. Things work out for him. Like, he's not trying to kill Archie. (laughs) He let loose a lot of criminals, and now he's enticing Archie with money to Mm -hmm. catch the criminals. And I feel like that's kind of trying to kill Archie. (laughs) He's playing the long game. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I, I I do like that Archie is now... Uh, a bounty hunter for charity. He's he's going to collect all all the reward money and donate it to the school in order to undermine Hiram with his own funds. Donate it to the school so the school can pay him for his <laughs> construction work. Yeah. It's the same as just pocketing the money and doing the construction pro bono. There's no difference. No. So meanwhile... Reggie goes to see Veronica because Veronica was all like, I need your help. Yes. And So he answers the call to show up and say, I'm not going to help. I'm not going to help you. I work for One Lodge. I don't work for you. And she's like, why do you even work for my dad? And what we find out is that Reggie's dad had a huge debt to Hiram, so he's mm-hmm. working off the family debt. Yes. He is a bad guy through indentured servitude. Yep. <laughs> And uh, he makes it very clear that he's not going to help Veronica. He's not going to work for her. He's not going to do anything she says, except he is going to look for the opal. No, I will not be explaining this. (laughs) So over at Pops, Betty has shown up as promised to Tabitha. Mm -hmm. And so she is filled in and Betty wants to make sure that us, the viewer, knows what's going on and says, Jughead is taking psychedelics right now. Really? He didn't do that when we were 15. Yeah, a lot of people didn't. Tabitha fills uh, her in more about kind of where they were Mm. and why she, like, didn't hang out in the bunker to, like, watch him on his trip. And that's because he hit on her and then said, you know, don't be such a Betty. The first sign of fun, you kill it. And Betty makes this incredible face at being told she's no fun. She's like, I don't understand this. (laughs) What do you mean I I'm have no fun? I have lots of fun. I play Death Wish with truckers. That's fun. Um, and then Betty's like, well, he's not my problem and he shouldn't be yours anymore. And Tabitha gives her this look. And she's like, but, you know, I'll I'll, I'll help. I'll help look for him. It's okay. Yeah. Like, I will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Betty realizes she's kind of being a jerk. <laughs> um, so they decide that they're going to start at the sex hole. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, but back at the hospital... Yes. Tom walks in. To, um, to re-interview their, their captive patient. Yes. And there's a nurse there, and it turns out to be Darla Dickinson. As in disguise, as a nurse. Or maybe she has her nursing license. No one ever asks. She looks like a nurse from a porno. <laughs> no, if she looked like a nurse from a porno, this would be a very clear Kill Bill Part 2 reference. But I don't think... She looks like a nurse from, A like, badly made porno. She looks like a nor- nurse from the Korean War. <laughs> um, but she's poisoning the patient. And then she beats up Tom. There, Oh my god. There's this horrible squish noise. <laughs> when she stomps on his neck, I was expecting him to be decapitated. <laughs> So then over at the sex hole, mm-hmm. uh, Betty is investigating and she's like, oh, he left his phone. That's not a good sign. <laughs> like, yeah, Tabitha said that he escaped handcuffs and left it bloody. Nothing is a good sign here. 
Um, but then she decides that maybe there'd be some clues in his manuscript so that they should, like, split it up and both read it mm-hmm. and they, look for clues. They both get the bloody half because it was very bloody. Which apparently isn't the bad sign, but the <laughs> miss the phone is. Uh, he's, he's real addicted to his gotcha. You know, he's got to do his daily pulls. And Tabitha's like, what are we even looking for? <laughs> Like, remember, I'm not one of the mystery twins here. So so they both get to work on that. Yeah. And and Betty's idea of clues is basically you'll know it when you see it. Look for people and places. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So like anything. Yeah. Look for nouns. Are there nouns in this manuscript? So then we finally go catch up with Jughead for the first time. Yeah. You ever get so high you decide to be homeless? Because he's not, like, in an alien craft or, or like, is... locked up in, in a shipping container or anything. Jughead is in the tent city on Sketch Alley. He's two blocks away. And no one has seen him, but he's, like, right there. He's got a blanket around his shoulders. He's warming his hands by a barrel fire. You know, how homeless people do. And then this, like, rich dude comes out and is like, hey, you want to make some money? And gives him some money, and then they beat the shit out of him. Yes. And then he sees a hooded, blurry figure. Oh, creepy shadow cloak man. Before he goes unconscious. And so then uh, we go catch up with Archie. Archie in his house with Uncle Frank. Uncle Frank is there now. And Kevin and Fangs. And uh, Archie is letting Uncle Frank know about how his mom is building a case about him and how... You know, he escaped, but because he helped everyone else, like, that will make sure that they win the case. Yeah, it's really uh, helping his image with the parole board or whatever. Like, so would going back to jail now. He's still in your kitchen. Yes. Clock is ticking. You're undoing the good. Anyhow, Uncle Frank is sheriff now. That's what I've decided. <laughs> sheriff Frank. Uh, so, so then they're all kind of, like, chiming in about convicts and something. And what I love is that Fangs is like, well, I've heard some convicts are hiding in the old tuna fish, uh, warehouse. Yeah, yeah, there's you a- You know. There's apparently an abandoned cannery in Riverdale, which makes it a secret Avonlea sequel. Yes. They don't tell you this, but- Okay, can someone reopen the can like, the cannery? <laughs> can that, like, be a thing in this season? Is that, like- Jughead finds his life meaning and opens the cannery and becomes mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. like, goofy dude who eventually, f- like, settles down with Tabitha. Yeah, And yeah. they have their cannery. And Kevin runs the lighthouse, obviously. Yes! Yeah. Yes! <laughs> Sweet Pea just wants to open a tea room at the Grand Hotel. It's his life's dream. Yes! <laughs> Don't let Betty be the story girl. The stories are all going to be very disturbing. <laughs> Alice's Aunt Hetty. <laughs> They'd get along. No, they would kill each other. They would kill each other. So Kevin is worried about his dad, though, because he can't, like, reach him. And they're all like, it's fine. Your dad's a busy guy being the only cop. So um, they draw up a plan to strike the cannery that includes, quote, minimal bloodshed. <laughs> yes. They're like, we're not going to take the guns. We'll take the tasers. We'll take this. We'll take the that. Zip ties, bats, tasers. Minimal bloodshed. Minimal bloodshed. We're just going to beat him with sacks of oranges and phone books. Nothing that leaves a mark. 
Very minimal. Like, if there's a little bit, it's okay. Like, we know it's hard. Like, it's... The criminal tripped and, and hit his face on, on a doorknob. It's fine. Don't worry about it. I would have liked this to lead to a discussion of, but, like, your minimal might not be my minimal. So, like, what minimal are we talking about here? We've seen Archie spit out a lot of teeth. Are we talking about, like, when the serpents beat the shit out of Jughead Minimal? That was or is pretty that, like, maximal. The extreme? <laughs> that's, oh, that's the extreme. Okay. That's what we don't so, want. So, Minimal we're, just got shot? We're hoping for less than a boxing match. Why are the part-time teachers the A-team? <laughs> Why is that? That's a good question. So, meanwhile, in the sex hole, Tabitha and Betty have read through the manuscript, and they're like, man, those mothmen and mole people in there. It's a lot. <laughs> a lot of that in there. Betty later describes it as, quote, gibberish. <laughs> she is not impressed at all. So so after reading the entire manuscript... And, like, she used to love Jughead's writing. Yeah. This must be trash. Or things have changed. We'll, we'll get to it. Or she's just bitter. Yeah. After all that, she finally decides to try to unlock his phone. Yes. You know, the thing that's a bad sign that he left behind? Maybe the password's still the same. And it is. It is, because who the fuck changes their phone password? It's probably still the same phone. It's only been one year, seven years. <laughs> um. So Betty decides to call Jessica, who Tabitha informs her sold Jughead the drugs from, yes. you know, back where... Was his ex. Uh, so Betty calls. Tabitha is feeling real regretful right now. She just wanted some reassurance, maybe a little help. Instead, she got this giant, messy plate of, of ex drama. Jessica, uh, when she finds out that Jughead's missing, was like, well, he often goes on walkabouts when he has writer's block. Well, he wrote it. He doesn't have block anymore. And he's like, well, you, the diner girl was supposed to watch him. He escaped. So she invites herself back up to Riverdale to help them out. Yes. But before even this, she's so excited to finally hear from the Betty that yes. she's heard so much about. Yes. Which Betty makes another great face uh, uh, over. Uh, so, so meanwhile, Penelope is running her service mm -hmm. and is telling her congregation to give themselves over to the holy sweetness and mm -hmm. to drink of his sweet water. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, Cheryl comes in and is like, well, who who is this? Whose sweet water is this? And Mumsy's gestures are so big and theatrical. Like, it between uh, the way she, she's holding her hands and the gown, it's like the Madonna Vogue video, basically. Yes. Or uh, uh, she's about to dive into Blow Gabriel Blow in, in the middle of Anything Goes. Yeah. And so she says... This, this sweet water comes from the son who died for our sins. I speak of my son, Jason. <laughs> she has created a cult around Jason. J-Jesus. J-Jesus. Uh, and what she has realized is J-Jesus? J-Jesus? What are we saying? Jason. Uh, was a sacrifice uh -huh. for the sins of this town. And their job is to shepherd this township into the light. Not, not a big opportunity for evangelism, because, like, yeah, what's Midvale going to care about Riverdale's sins? They're just lucky they're across the river. Yeah. So, of course, she ends her service by taking up a collection. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like you do. They get, like, what, buck fifty? She's just doing this to not pay taxes. <laughs> That's all this is. 
Meanwhile, Dodger is at the tuna fish cannery Mm -hmm. with a bunch of other criminals. You can tell they're criminals because, I guess, because they're hanging out with Dodger. He uses the worst term I've ever heard to say he has to go pee. Oh, you mean he's going to go drain the vein? Yeah. When he said he's going to drain the vein, he doesn't have to pee. He's donating to the Red Cross. See, I was really hoping that they actually had someone tied up and they were, like, draining their blood and drinking it like vampires. That's really where I wanted this to go and what I immediately thought of. And then I realized he was talking about his dick. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I was very disappointed because there was so much potential. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So much, but no. So uh, before, before he can go do that... Uh, Archie, Uncle Frank, Kevin, and Fangs bust in, and they're all like, we're gonna beat you up. And they're like, but you don't have guns. And suddenly Reggie appears with a gun. Reggie to the rescue. See, uh, he and Veronica had been following uh, some Dodger-specific tips to this very same place at the very same time, wouldn't you know it, to save the day. Veronica doesn't give a shit about any of that. She wants her fucking opal right now. (laughs) Um, and so then, of course, she pushes it off onto Archie because she's like, well, if you're going to go after the Dickinsons anyways, you might as you well, might as well my give opal. me my goddamn opal. Veronica, this really isn't helping you win back your want-to-be boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what she wants more than that? The opal. The fucking opal. Give her the opal. Uh, so meanwhile, back with Jughead, there there was a man there who has a man has changed his bandages and is like, dude, you really need some antibiotics. You're in some bad shape. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, the guy introduces himself. He's like, my name's Kelvin, but people call me Doc. And we get a flashback to something that I doubt anyone in the world remembers. <laughs> Do you remember when everyone at Stonewall was having to say their deepest, darkest secret? While they hold a skull and get videotaped? And Jughead told the story about how he watched a man get beaten yeah, a, a homeless guy named Doc got beat up by a bunch of uh, uh, rich townies and all Jughead could do was stop and stare and he didn't help. And it it's like haunted him forever. Did you remember that? Because you should. It's important now. Which is why when he's like, what's your name, son? He's like, Henry. <laughs> My name's Henry. Uh, and so, of course, we inquire, like, how did you end up here? And he's like, you know, I had a bad trip and I, I wandered. Yeah, I fell all the way to Sketch Alley. I have places I could stay. I just don't wanna. Um, I would like to point out Jughead's shirt. Mm-hmm. He now has an S shirt. He has a big old Superman sweater, but one S is good as another, I guess. I like it. I like that we're keeping the theme mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with like that has obviously been handed off to him, given to him yeah. now that he's been cleaned up. It, it is a very clever way to get him back to his classic look. Yes. But as a hand-me-down. Well, and later, we he will have a gray beanie. Yes, yes. A very plain beanie. No interesting shapes or, or buttons. But a beanie with a fold. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he's wearing it with his S-shirt, and it makes me sick. So, meanwhile, Hiram is being threatened by the Punisher dude that isn't the punch- Punisher, whose name is Ted. Do we remember him? Do you remember Do you re- Ted? Do you remember Ted the dirty mercenary that was involved in the whole Uncle Dave shit? That like threw Archie into the sink in the bathroom at the school. That was and, some good shit. And like everyone thought he was going to be the Punisher because he was wearing like a Punisher inspired shirt, but like he wasn't. 
No, no, there's no way they were going to clear that. Real ones, no. Yeah, so he's threatening Hiram because he really wants the Palladium. Seems like a bad call for him and uh, Uncle Frank to be in the same prison. Seems like that would make problems. Yeah. It's okay, they're both out now. That's better. (laughs) Betty takes Tabitha and Jessica to where Jughead's been living. Basically, over we, we get a sequence where, where, where Jessica gets a tour of the whole town. Jessica wants to, you know, be a, a real peppy investigator, because I guess Jughead has a type. Uh, he only smooches women that go through other people's shit uh, without permission, I guess. Yeah. So they, they root through uh, Jughead's little apartment in Archie's garage. Jessica's convinced that, like, she knows all of Jughead's hiding places, so she needs to go to all these places to try to see, like, if there's something else he was on because the mushroom shouldn't have triggered this, mm-hmm. or if, like, something... Some other clues as to where yeah. he might have wandered off to. And they check his office and his classroom and his hidey hole under the stairs. Remember when he lived there when he was homeless and no one knew? <laughs> That's a lot more memorable than the other things we're expected to remember this episode. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, they go to the school to do all that, then they're like, okay, is there anywhere else? Well, there's the sex hole. You know, where he left from. So they go there. Meanwhile, Cheryl confronts Penelope about her cult. Remember when Cheryl cooked and ate her own aunt? Yes. That was like the same episode as the Dickersons. (laughs) And so she, you know, confronts her mom about her mom's like... You know, defiling the memory of JJ. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That, you know, at one time she thought she was speaking to JJ, but Penelope ruined that. Yes. Um, so Cheryl has become a hardcore, fuck your sky daddy kind of, like, existentialist. We're all walking worm food. Yes. Yeah. But Penelope's all like, but there's another realm where the maple syrup flows. Don't <laughs> you want to believe in that? Hey, remember how your husband shot your kid because he wasn't going to go along with the heroin smuggling? (laughs) That's how this all started. The heroin smuggling? (laughs) She kind of forgot what the real family business is. Yeah. Uh, So Veronica gets a call from Hiram's number, but it's the Punisher dude Ted. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's at the fire department. That's his legal name, Punisher dude Ted. (laughs) He's at the fire department. A.K.A. the El Royale. Yeah. With his, 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 uh... His crew. His crew. Well, the people he's kidnapped, which is Governor Dooley, mm-hmm. Hiram, mm-hmm. and Sheriff Keller. And he wants the Palladium, because and he was part of digging it for Hiram, and he wants his share. Yeah, and uh, he's being backed up. He's got a little gang uh, of him and the Dickersons. There's gunshots, and he's like, that was Double D putting bullet in... A bullet in Dooley's stomach. And Veronica's all like, Double D? Dodger Dickinson is with you? No, the guy from Ed, Ed, and Eddie. You know, the show that also employed your friend's literary agent. Here's the thing. Before Veronica knew that Dodger was there, she was ready to say, fuck it. Mm -hmm. Sad we're going to lose Sheriff Keller, but fuck my dad and fuck the governor. Yep. But then she found out Dodger was there with her opal. Yes. And was like, I will get you what you want. Eddie, yes. Oh, uh, I love it. I love this scene for three simple reasons. First, Archie is so busy trying to catch the bad guys that they moved into his fucking house. <laughs> he has no idea. He has no fucking idea. No one's at the fire department. <laughs> So if anything burns the f- 
would take forever and anyone can go save anything. Two, Veronica says into the phone, what is palladium? Harsh indictment of Riverdale High's chemistry class. <laughs> and three, yes, the opal is more valuable than human lives. <laughs> I love this Veronica. I, I love this harsh Look out for number one. What I need is this opal. This opal's gonna get me my divorce. I don't know how that works, but I'm pretty sure that's how it works in her head. This opal's gonna get me everything I want, everything I need. It honestly made more sense in Uncut Gems, but whatever. <laughs> and that's more important than the fucking governor of New York. Yep. This is an interesting week to say that. <laughs> yeah. But that's beside the point. Funny is I often forget that Governor Dooley is over the entire state. As I, most I know governors that's what a are, governor yeah, is, yeah. but in my brain, he's just Hiram's boss. It's I I have to think like the county or something <laughs> because the, the the geographical area that this all is is just so bizarre. And for being the governor of a state, he sure spends a lot of time in a little hodunk town. <laughs> How many how many votes can Hiram deliver? Like how how much fraud is he pulling to actually have all this weight? Like like daily style uh, uh, delivering the presidency to Kennedy. So meanwhile, the A team, mm -hmm. Kevin is very worried because he has not heard from his father. Yes, and Archie gets a call from Veronica. She informs him, "Hey, I know where they are, including Sheriff Keller." It's Ted, a.k.a. Punisher Dude, and then Archie has a flashback to being thrown into the porcelain at the high school. Yes, yes, we finally get that. Wait, why do I recognize it? They're, oh, I know why. Saying, they're saying his name was... Oh, yeah, thrown into a sink. Yeah, I, yeah, I would yeah. like it to be known that I have recognized all of our flashback characters immediately, and you've been like, who's that? Did you twig the, the mention of the name Doc? <laughs> I did. I don't believe that. I do not believe Doc was like, oh yeah, that scene with the skull confessions. You should. You should. You should. So so then Veronica fills him in. She's like, you know, Reggie thinks he knows where the Palladium is. They all go to Hiram Soldale office. Mm -hmm. And Reggie's like, yep, it's all in this safe in this, this wall. But behind the giant Hiram portrait. Yes. <laughs> and Fangs apparently knows how to take a safe out of a wall. Uh-huh. So they do that. Uh-huh. How do you think they're paying for this baby's college fund? This is true. Where is their baby? Who's watching their baby? What? They're going to get an eighth I guess, job? I guess Tony's watching the baby. Tony's watching the baby. Okay. It's still inside her last we knew. I guess so. I guess she they haven't had the baby. She was just on bed rest. Yeah, yeah. She was on bed rest last week. Okay. Where's the baby? Uterus. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> just remember she stopped showing up because yeah. a certain actress was having her own baby. So the ladies are at the bunker. This is when I start to get a theory. My theory is that Jessica... Getting into her, her mid to late 20s is realizing how hard it is to make friends as an adult. She's just doing the best she can, and it's not working out well. Oh, this is where I get into the theory that she wants to steal some shit. 
Oh, because she's constantly saying, like, mm, maybe I should get super high and just let me do whatever I want while you're incapacitated. Oh, yeah. So she she's trying to find the manuscript. She really wants the manuscript. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, she's like, well, I could read it and maybe I'll see something in it. And what she does offer up is what you just said. If she's like, well, if this is where he tripped, should we do the same? And we'll just, like, follow him along mystic threads of light. And what I love is Betty's like... Can- can you just give us a sec? We've never tripped before. <laughs> and so the, she goes into a huddle with Tabitha so as not to be heard by the person standing like 26 inches away. In an echoey bunker. <laughs> well, the ventilation fan, you know, it really dampens the sound. And so they're like, yeah, we're not going to do that. We're not going to. We're not going to trip. While Jessica is behind their turn backs, still rooting through shit while they're not looking. Yes. <laughs> um. So then she's like, you know what? New, new idea. I think I should go back to New York. But before we do that, how about we get a bite? Yeah, I've always wanted to try Pops. Like, you, you could have ordered when you dropped off the drugs. Okay, it was socially awkward. There was a weird moment. I get it. But you could have. And also, it has no staff right now. <laughs> Our two employees are not there. <laughs> uh, so meanwhile, Jughead is is resting mm-hmm. uh, on a bed on a moth pillow. Uh, uh. Uh, and there's a crash outside and he goes out there and Doc is getting beat the shit out of him by the same rich guy that beat Jughead up. And so everybody needs a hobby. So Jughead whacks him with an apple crate. And knocks him out. Atoning for the sins of the past. And then he drops, passes out. Uh, so Ted gets a call from Veronica, who's all like, I got the safe, but we don't know the combo. And so they make a deal that she'll deliver it, but, you know, Archie can't come along. Yes. And so she She hang- will deliver it alone in exchange for the opal and the, the three guys, members. if they're available. You know, they might have other things they want to do, but the opal, though. And she, like, says all this in front of Kevin. <laughs> Who is frantically worried that his baby's not going to have a grandpa. <laughs> well, only one instead of the three grandpas that the baby's entitled to. We don't know if Fangs has we a don't parent. Know. You know, that's true. Tom might be the only grandpa available. Because we don't know what happened to Tony's. The, the great grandpa that used to be on the table, MIA. No idea what's going on there. Yeah. So it might just be Tom. It might. It might just be. So as soon as she gets off the phone, she's like, okay, what's the plan, boys? And what, you know, they talk about how, like, oh, he'll have every exit, you know, and doorway guarded. And There's Archie's like, oh. There's three of them. Oh. There's three of them. You can punch through the walls because this thing is made of cardboard. Archie's like, oh, no. When I took over, I tar papered the skylight. We can drop in like Batman. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We got Batman. We got Superman. We got... The Punisher. The Punisher. (laughs) Together at last. The (laughs) A-Team. So Cheryl, all dressed in red, um, goes to visit the chest that JJ's gross decomposing body's in. Yeah, yeah. She got her gown from the Dracula collection, to be sure. But, yeah, there is a conspicuous mention earlier in the episode of of Jason's final funeral. You know, the burning uh, uh, rowboat floating down the river. Sometime in the weeks hence, she found that boat, fished out the charred bones, and is keeping them at home. In 
a trunk. In a trunk. I hope that's the same Jason prop all the way from season one still. Still, after all these transformations. And so after she looks at his charred body, she looks up and there's a cardinal in the window and she smiles. Mm-hmm. It's the worst CGI cardinal I've ever seen. <laughs> cardinal Ratzinger himself. Uh, so over at Pops, the girls are, are having some fries and milkshakes. They're just chilling. They're being buddies now. Like, mm, sorry we couldn't find that missing guy that's important to all three of us, but ooh, milkshake. Um, and they all have, like, a little moment where they're like, well, you could have done this, or you could have done this thing. Quote, I assumed he'd be safe in the handcuffs. Jesus Christ, Tabitha. <laughs> I think you're at fault. But we also, you know, accusing, well, maybe you shouldn't have given mushrooms. Well, and maybe you shouldn't have cheated on him with his best friend. Oh, and so Betty does the most buck wild shit I've ever heard in my life. She says, oh, you know, Jughead wasn't a saint either. And she places her phone on the table and plays a voicemail. This means, this means for two years she has kept this voicemail. She has it queued up to go at a moment's fucking notice. Yep. Insane! It's, it's Jughead calling her very upset she did not come to his release party. And then he, like, just goes off about how she, you know, pretends to be nice, but she looks for people's weak spots. And Mm -hmm. when she hooked up with Archie, she knew that that was, like, the thing that would get at him and Veronica. A twofer. She's a bitch. Yeah, it's this really angry, uh, rageful drunk dial just trying to to tear her down. And uh, uh, Jessica's like, huh. Interesting. We were living together during that. Hmm. Weird feelings right now. Yes. And then Tabitha starts tripping. It's still a fucking lunatic move that she would just have that oh, like yeah. on her phone's home screen yeah. ready to go fucking trigger like, frigger. Jughead, yeah, not a saint. Buddy, <laughs> I'm a little concerned about you saving this voicemail just to pull it up to spite him. When a lot of this rage does come from the fact that you did hook up with his best friend. (laughs) I'm a little concerned about both of you. There's no good people. Okay, that's not true. Tabitha's around. Tabitha hasn't done anything. Tabitha has done nothing wrong. Except left a handcuffed person. She's behaved naively. (laughs) So then Tabitha starts tripping. And what Jessica admits to is sprinkling some maple mushroom powder on the fries. And Tabitha knew something was up because they didn't taste like her pop's recipe. Maybe they tasted like maple mushrooms. (laughs) And so then Betty starts tripping. They tasted like you're going to have fun for a while and then have to puke real bad. Then they decide to leave pops and they go back to the sex hole where... Jessica can explain herself about why she drugged them mm-hmm. because she was hoping they'd just chill out and she could get the manuscript. But he's like, what's so important about it that you drugged us? And she claims it's just because she was worried Jughead was going to write about their life in New York and she didn't want her friends and family to read that. But I mm-hmm. kind of feel like maybe she's stealing Jughead's story. This is relevant again to that voicemail message. I think uh, an important thing we hadn't mentioned yet is that In this voicemail, Jughead's like, and that's why when everybody reads my book, they're going to find out what a crazy psycho freak you are and that you suck and you're awful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Jessica wants to make sure that this alien book isn't also that but for her. Yes. 
So they're like, but what do we do? We're drugged. Well, just sit here. Listen to the music. Let the tunes wash over you. Just go where it takes you, man. It's cool. Jessica does a really hard fucking pivot from you should never leave someone to trip alone to like, okay, thanks. Bye. I'm out. Have fun. And then uh, we cut to Penelope lighting candles Mm -hmm. and Cheryl coming in to the church service. As they start singing. Yeah, at the Church of the Holy Cleavage. God damn, Cheryl. (laughs) God damn. I can see her belly button. I can see her back from her front somehow. Jesus Christ. Um, And then we get a montage of singing between the cult and Betty and Tabitha tripping out. Yeah, the the two Blossoms and our um, newly minted mystery friends... Uh, uh, are having a musical number, essentially. They, they are singing Walking in Space from Hair, serving as both the, the drug trip that the song is about in, in one half of this sequence, but also just a song of religious ecstasy and, and spiritual uh, uh, journeys in the, the church of what's blossoming now uh, over yes. in Thornhill. And then eventually it is, it is interrupted by... Uh, Veronica showing up at the El Royale with the safe. Mm -hmm. But this church service slash trip number is great because, number one, there's a lot of props in the sex hole we've never seen before. Yes. There's a little plasma ball from Spencer's Gifts that Tabitha keeps poking. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. So so Veronica shows up with the safe Mm -hmm. and, and Darla searches her. Yeah. You know, Veronica makes this thing about like, oh, isn't my suit fab? It's from Lacey's and it has, you know, 12 hidden pockets for the busy businesswoman. So, you know, Darla has to pat her down even more. I guess this is her time buying tactic. But then she interrupts and she's like, that's been 30 seconds. And at that moment, the boys drop down like Batman (laughs) and Veronica pulls a bottle of pepper spray from one of those 12 hidden pockets and Uh pepper sprays Darla in the face. And then at that point, it's a three way music. Musical scene. Yes, as they are beating everyone up, and like run- Fangs is running around and zip tying them because that's his job. We're tripping. We're worshiping. We're we're doing the action scene. We're touching lava lamps and shit. And- I have to. I choose to believe the the fight choreographer was quarantined because we have had some good action scenes in Riverdale before. We've had some okay ones. This one's just bad. Except for the last punch that Archie does. The with, flying, like, a flying Superman jump. punch is good. They, yeah. You, they get one good shot, but it's a lot of like the blows are obscured off frame as uh, uh, people just, we see the results and not the blows, you know? The sort of stuff that you can just camera block instead of really wanting somebody to, a, a violence director to do the, the good stuff. And then, like, the way they utilize Hang. Fangs again is just to have him go zip tie people, mm-hmm, which doesn't mm-hmm. make any sense. That should be like Kevin's job. It's a lot of people going places and like, oh, they're going to get them. But then we see them got gotten. But during all this again, Betty and Tabitha are playing with those props. They're they're poking things. They're <laughs> dancing with things. They're stroking one another's arms from as far away as you can be while still stroking one another's arms. <laughs> Back at the church, Cheryl sees JJ. Yeah, she does. Up there on the altar in red. 
I mean, I, I always appreciate a show doing a musical number, even outside of the, the structure of a musical episode. Like, it's no Legion, but I'll take it. Legion's I, great. I'm guessing that the sweet water mm-hmm. has drugs in it. The family business of heroin smuggling? Yes. That is heroin-laced water. That's not how you do heroin, dear. Uh, so after all this, um, over at Pops, mm-hmm. Archie and Veronica are there, and she's, you know, admiring her opal. Yes. And how tomorrow I hand this baby over, but tonight it's all mine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But she d- she does, like, decide, you know, to, like, I guess think about something other than just the opal. So she's, you know, the governor, once he recovers, is going to give a full pardon to Uncle Frank mm-hmm. for his help in rescuing him. Now that she's got the opal, she can finally think about not opal things. She's, like, touching it, and it is freeing up her mind. Yeah. Um, and then she's like, Archie, are are we still feeling good about holding off till the divorce is final? And Archie says, yeah. 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 It's With this incredible thing. line read. He's like, yeah. yeah. With the, I, the best, like, most adorable smile. I'm really confident to not be messed up in your personal life right now, you opal addict. What is this? <laughs> that was your friend's father's life. That's the fucking governor. So meanwhile, Hiram is threatening the governor and mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. you know what? No, I'm not sharing my palladium. And as soon as you're healthy enough, you're going to go home or else and makes a sign like he's going to shoot him. Th- this is the scene where I decided this is a good Hiram episode because he's always working from a place of strength and confidence. And you never know how much of it is, you know, his plan is really coming together or he's just putting on a, an untouchable bluff that nobody uh, has the guts to call him on. And that's a good position for him to be in. And when he's just like staring down this governor and making him feel small, even as a former mob hustler who's been bested by a child several times, mm-hmm. <laughs> he's still, he still has the power and he's like, yes, Hiram can still work as a character. Yeah. What if a Scooby-Doo villain was scarier outside the mask? That is Hiram Lodge. And Hiram Lodge in the comics actually looks like a Scooby-Doo villain. It's true. <laughs> it's true. So there you go. But like, I've, I've just been struck by this Scooby-Doo idea ever since it was revealed that his whole plan is to scare people away from his secret mining operation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's he's just scaring them away with poverty instead of, you know, a, a boogity mask. Checking back in on Jug. Mm-hmm. He, he wakes up. Uh, Doc fills him in that, you know, he got some antibiotics. That's why he's feeling so That's much why, better. Yeah, he's doing better. This is when Jug finally has his great beanie mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. I mentioned. Uh, and Doc's all like, you know, you, you need to get home. It's time for you to go home. And he's like, I can't yet. Something terrible happened to me in New York. Something I don't remember. And I can't go home till I figure it out. Why? And then he's like, and by the way, my name's not Henry. And he's like, I know. Your name's Jughead. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, I'm so sorry. I didn't like help you not get beat up. And he's like, you were a child. You were like eight, dude. It's okay. It's cool. I didn't expect you to do anything. I am upset at so many more people, even about that day. 
So Tabitha and Betty wake up from their trip. Mm-hmm. Um, they have absolutely no recollection of time. And they're like, well, maybe we've been out for a week and a half. Yeah, maybe they really haven't five done drugs days. before. <laughs> I don't know. What's my hand? They're wearing watches. They have phones. They, they can just check their phones. phones. They, they kind of remember what happened. Tabitha likes that Betty's looking for those missing girls and she wants to help. So yeah, I guess we're getting... Friend. More of a team up. Mystery friend. Also, they realize that, yeah, Jessica does have both halves of this uh, manuscript and she's skipped town. No one is thinking of Jughead's agent. No. He's going to be so upset. I can't wait for him to come back and yell at everybody. I love him. Uh, And then Tabitha realizes that she has a message and it is from Jughead. Mm -hmm. And that message is him apologizing that he hasn't called. As we see him walking down the road outside of Riverdale, heading in the direction of New York. Yeah, the Uh, the New York City road sign is blurred out enough we don't get a mile count. Like, I can't read that number. But he's hitching, not just walking, but hitching to New York City. With a truck. Yeah, I'll be all... That's not a good idea from what we know. But it is not Skeletruck. Instead of a skeleton strapped to the front grill... Chucky truck? It's a Chucky trucky. Chucky Chucky. <laughs> it's like a little child's doll. Kind of looking like if the child's play doll, if Chucky weren't evil. Yeah. Maybe it's a my buddy truck. A buddy trucky. Um, and so during this, we're, we're hearing his voicemail where he, he's thanking Tabitha for, for everything and talking about how he needs to do this. Thanking her for getting him this far. And when he gets back, maybe they can finish that dance. Oh, you're gonna die, boy. Don't die. You're gonna die. Don't die. He's been abducted in two consecutive episodes. Yes. Once by aliens that were only in his head, and second by Chucky Trucky. Yes. Perhaps the sworn enemy of Skeletruck. We don't know. Oh. There could be truck oh. politics. Oh, what what if it's monster truck warrior mm-hmm. things and they're battling it out and it's Skeletruck is sending a signal I will turn you into one of these you will die Chucky Trucky is like look at this friendly doll I am a friend to children I'm a hero oh what if this is like a uh, game yeah and it's all about like how many people they can like capture <laughs> By hitchhiking, mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. they like... It's like capture the flag, but instead of flags, it's people who want to get somewhere but can't get a bus. Uh-huh. Because the buses don't stop in Riverdale. Yeah. 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 And then it turns into worse things, but yeah. <laughs> of course it turns into worse things. We're only slightly halfway through the season. This true. This true. <laughs> and that is the end of that episode, though. That's it. That is the end. So, darling, what did we think of Chapter 87, Strange Bedfellows? Okay, overall, not one of my favorite episodes. Mm-mm. It was a lot of let's recap what happened and kind of set up what's going to happen next. Season four turns out still very important. We care about season four. Yes, but it's good to be back. I've mm-hmm. missed it. I've missed. I've missed our buddies. It, it's the the soft landing. You know, yeah. it's uh, uh, coming back to familiar ground. Yes. Familiar ground that points to new and exciting directions for sure. What's up with this church? Uh, that's the biggest one, I guess. Yeah, really, it's the cult. Let's, yeah, yeah. And let's be honest, it's a cult. It's not a church. It's a cult. <laughs> that, that's the biggest new avenue opened, but, but there sure is one. There's a lot going on there. <laughs> Hopefully. Hopefully it'll be a lot. 
Jason, man. I just love, like, I'm just thinking about the actor and how, like, they randomly call him, like, hey. Like, hey, uh, we need you to, like. Can you come back? You're going to have to stay in a hotel room for two weeks and take a, a test real quick. Again, you have zero lines. We need you for about 15 minutes. <laughs> You'll be in makeup longer than you're actually on set. <laughs> um, and then, then you have to, like, quarantine again before you can, like, leave to go back home. But, like... But people are going to go nuts for it. Come on. Come on, bro. I guess we can fish your dummy out of the dumpster again. But you don't want that. No. Who knows? Maybe he'll be even more of the episodes, though. Maybe. And maybe, maybe, maybe it just wasn't a one-time thing. I hope he gets lines... In the series finale. Like, if they have a planned finale, like, they know when they're writing it. This is the last episode of Riverdale. Jason needs a line. Yeah. I need to hear his voice for the first time for the last time. He's never spoken. Has He's he? never spoken. Even when he was uh, uh, Clifford in the flashback episode, he didn't speak. Oh my god. That's commitment. But before we get too carried away and things that might be, instead, let's talk about things that certainly will be because we're fucking good at this. Darlin, do you have any predictions? Um, I mean, I've kind of given some of mine away. Yeah. Is that the sweet water is drugged with possibly maple mushrooms or something else. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe heroin. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. Cheryl did drink from the communion cup. Before she saw Jason. Yeah. So I'm yeah. going with... I love it. I hope you're right. And I hope it's specifically Maple Mushrooms. Because then the parallel between like the four of them sharing one song as they are going through the same experience... Uh-huh. That's that's it. Uh-huh. That's it. Yes. Maybe, maybe that's a clue. Right? It's because they're all tripping on the same thing. Uh, I think Jessica is going to just go and publish that manuscript. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's totally what I And I'm she'll too. be hailed as, you know, the, the architect of a neo-beat movement. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, which makes sense with, one, how Jughead is all, like, idolizing Jack Kerouac, and two, how Betty thinks this writing is utter bullshit gibberish. <laughs> <laughs> two clues pointing to a neo-beat movement. Yeah. She was like, well, Jughead, you know, she wasn't concerned. Jughead often wa- does walkabouts. Mm-hmm. When he can't write. And she's like, well, he wrote it. That's when she was like, you know what? I should just come. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. She wanted it. So I totally agree with that. Uh, I think Veronica is going to uh, uh, begin smuggling conflict minerals in from Canada. <gasps> the, the horrible ruthenium wars of Ontario are, are just doing terrible <laughs> things right now. And she's going to make a profit off of it. Yeah. Yes. Oh, goodness, Veronica. I mean, I I, w- I do think she's going to get, like, obsessed with shit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And instead of focusing on trying to actually get out of her divorce with Chad, like she said she would, she's going to get all wrapped up in her business and ignore Archie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She's, she's going to bet her whole business on this particular deal that requires this one particular stone. Mm-hmm. She winds up naked and locked in her trunk. Mm-hmm. Just uncut gems. Yes, yes. Yeah. Archie is going to hand whittle... And Whittle. New desks for every single student in Riverdale High. (laughs) He charges by the hour for his work. They have a special pocket, every single one, for a gun, just in case somebody comes and tries to start shit. Just in case. You don't don't want too much bloodshed, so Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. actually just a holder for your baseball bat. (laughs) 
All right, Blossomism is going to spread. It's going to get a bit syncretic, uh, picking up bits and pieces of other sort of uh, uh, fringe beliefs. Uh, but the important part is bits of Jason's body are going to be sent to these new churches as holy relics <gasps> to, like, consecrate their altars. Oh. Or... There's always the option of funerary cannibalism. Little bits of Jason uh, ash are consumed as a form of holy <gasps> communion. They snort him. They snort they JJ. They snort him. Yes. JJ the snort face snort. <laughs> Tabitha is going to start helping Betty, as mm-hmm. she said, with trying to find these kidnapped girls. What's going to happen is they're going to put Tabitha in a dangerous situation to try to, like, get her inside to get intel for Betty, who's going to be ready to rescue her. But they're going to, like, kidnap Tabitha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going to find the wire on her or the tracker or whatever. Uh Yeah, 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 yeah. And then Tabitha is going to end up wherever Jughead is. (laughs) And then Tabitha is going to fucking leave town. Tabitha's not in season six. Fuck this town. I'm gone. Tabitha is going to end up wherever Jughead is. And the two of them... Like, as Betty's like, okay, I gotta find her and rescue her, Tabitha and Jughead are gonna, like, take down everything from the inside mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and, like, team up. Tabitha's gonna be super badass. Like, we're gonna find <laughs> out she has, like, a black belt in karate. Mm-hmm, she knows Krav Maga. She's like... Oh, yeah, my, my friend Krav. He, he orders steak and eggs every morning <laughs> at the diner. M- Mr. Maga. Yeah. I know Krav Maga. <laughs> Great tipper, that guy. I want to see a scene where, uh, uh, like, Betty and Jughead having a big argument about all this stuff that's just been simmering over the seven years in front of Archie. Because they want Archie to be, like, their their neutral arbiter. And uh, Betty's like, oh, oh, you want to know what I've been dealing with? And she just plays the the recording just like she did for, for uh, uh, Tabitha and Jessica. Yeah. And Archie's like, oh, man, Jug, that's... I'm really disappointed in you. That That's fucked up, man. And Jughead's like, hey, she had that ready to go on a moment's notice. She kept that. You're like, oh, Betty, that's, oh, oh, <laughs> Betty. Oh, no. I guess I am going to sleep with Veronica now. She's the normal one. She makes me dress up as an opal. <laughs> and she's the normal one. Cheryl. Hey, Tabitha, are you into dudes? All the other women around here are fucking crazy. Cheryl and her mom are going to continue with their cult and snorting JJ mm-hmm. and tripping balls and everything until Tony comes back from maternity leave. <laughs> and then Tony is going to save Cheryl. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Cheryl. We don't say that name. We only speak of the true savior. JJ. Well, oh, what if that's not JJ's body? What if that's somebody else? Who's been mixed up in all these cults, all this mysticism. They they do like, you know, receive the powder. What if they're snorting Norton? What what if it's Edgar? What if it's Edgar? I just wanna say snorting Norton. <laughs> I wasn't actually What if it's Edgar? So do you think they filter the sweet water before they put the drugs in it? Or is that like straight out of the river and everyone's going to have some tummy troubles? Oh, yeah. It's full of Jardina or (laughs) or however that's pronounced. It's full of the brain-eating amoeba. Oh, God. That's why they're all like this. Everybody who goes swimming in the river, that's why the town is the way it is. They all got the brain-eating amoeba. I can handle, like, swimming in different bodies of water until someone brings up the brain-eating amoeba, and then I'm like, fuck! 
I don't care that there might be fish that can bite me or that there's bacteria that could make me sick for a week. I care that there is like a one in a five billion chance something might eat my brain. <laughs> That's why people from outside of town like Tabitha are always the like voice of reason. They're the reasonable ones. They didn't grow up going down to Sweetwater River and getting little nipped away by the brain-eating amoeba that's been fucking with their heads all their lives. Terrifying. I was splashing with my kid and now I think fighting a bear is a good idea. <laughs> bear man. Why didn't bear man show up? Bearman's dead. Archie killed Bearman with his Bearman hands. Ghost. Okay, yeah. Bearman ghost. Bearman ghost. So that brings us to next week's episode, Chapter 88, Citizen Lodge, named, of course, for Citizen Kane. I guess we should mention, because we didn't at the top, or previous episode because we didn't know it at the time, but this episode's title, Strange Bedfellows, is a reference to a 1965 uh, a Rock Hudson romantic comedy. Yeah. Rock Hudson and this lady meet and uh, uh, have a whirlwind romance and they, they get married the same day they meet. One of those. That's not a good idea. The story cuts ahead seven years later after they immediately separate. Uh, uh, seven years. Uh, seven years. Seven years. The time it takes for them to finalize their divorce. But then when they're, you know, doing that sort of business. The business. Maybe they still actually love each other. Maybe these crazy kids have a shot after seven years of separation on, on their Ill, ill-advised marriage. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yes. So our next episode. Yeah. Back to Citizen Lodge, though. The trailer. It's going to be a flashback Young Hiram Lodge episode. It's, it's his hi- origin story. It's the Hiram Lodge origin story, baby. Uh, we got uh, uh, young Master Consuelos back again. He, he was a cameo in his father's role in, Midnight in the Midnight Club. But now he's going to be the main character for a week. Yeah. Uh, the central focus is on young Hiram. But we're going to have the rest of the cast, at least a few of them. Like we see uh, uh, Camilla Mendez playing Hermione. We see... Uh, uh, Hiram playing his dad. Yeah, Hiram playing uh, uh, yeah, Grandfather Lodge. Yes. Or, or Grandfather Luna, because Hiram changed yes. the family yes. name, after all. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's moving one generation up, just like before. So that's exciting. There, there's gunplay, there's cars. Oh, yeah. A ca- there's a car stunt. Oh, that gunplay. It's very kinky. I'll always keep the safety on. And by that, I mean wear protection. With the gun, you can do whatever you keep want. Keep it in the it's, holster, it's, people. It's whatever you're into. Some people are shooting blanks, and you know what? That's okay. <laughs> but that's really all we know from the trailer. Double barrel. <laughs> he gets a mustache. That Yes. Mark Consuelos playing his mustache. usual character's father, Mustachio. He's such a mustache. <laughs> so you're looking forward to the mustache next yes, week. Yes, I am. But when we say next week, we don't strictly mean seven days. Well, we'll be a couple days behind we'll be in watching the late. next episode. So just know... That our recap will be coming just a little later. Don't send my ex-girlfriend slash drug dealer to look for me. She's not even going to look that hard, to be honest. Is this pie girl? (laughs) Yeah, that was the drug. Apple pie. I knew it. It's good to be back, though. It is, though. Be sure to give us a rating and review wherever you listen to us. Mm -hmm. It's the polite thing to do. And better than that... Tell the world. Go out. Shout it from the mountaintops. More useful. Go to where people actually are. 
Uh, I find... Social media. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That's a place where a lot of people are. Uh, we're, Riverdale's back. We're back talking about it. Did you hear the Jughead got abducted by aliens? Whoa! And you can be the smart person that say, actually, he just sort of wandered off and decided that I'm too messed up to not be homeless right now. I'm going to walk to New York instead. Like you do. What a resolution to a cliffhanger. <laughs> Absolute galaxy brain shit right there. You can also follow us on social media mm-hmm, at mm-hmm. under or at sex underscore Archie. Yep. We are on Twitter. Making jokes, posting pictures, reacting to news occasionally. Sometimes. When there is some. Yeah. So with that, I'm Elena. I'm Grant, and from us here at Sex Archie, minimal bloodshed. Archie's-